0: Coming up on BYU Football with Kalani Sitake, the voters in the pigskin polls have cast their ballots for BYU in the top ten. Now the Cougars head to Boise for a battle on the blue. And on this day of decision, we've got Kalani for you. Next.
1: This is BYU Football with Kalani Sitake, presented by Intermountain Healthcare. And now, your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg
0: Rubel. Hello and good evening once again, Cougar Nation, and from Studio C at BYUB, welcome. To another edition of the Sitake Show. Glad you're with us on this important day in our democracy for a fun hour of football. As always, we invite BYU fans to join the conversation by submitting questions for Kalani on Twitter using hashtag Sitake Show as well as Facebook and Instagram on the BYU TV sports accounts. Questions for the coach coming up a little later on. Ahead on tonight's broadcast. Look for this. We will revisit Saturday night's wind over western Kentucky. Tyler Algier totes the rock into the film room. We look ahead to Friday night's Top 25 Regional Rivalry Renewed at Boise State. Tonight's Deep Blue feature tackles Brady Christensen. And our special guest is former BYU running back turned running backs coach Harvey Unga. But first, he is the people's choice, the incumbent head coach of the Cougars, Kalani Sitake. Coach, good to see you once again. Nice
2: introduction. Thank you, Greg.
0: <laughs> Congrats on getting to 7-0 this past weekend.
2: Yeah, thank you. I'm just uh, you know really happy for the boys and the coaches. Worked really hard and and, uh, really excited for our fans. I I know there's a lot of excitement going into this next game, and uh, we should have a lot of momentum going into it. Looking forward to the the game against
0: Boise. And you guys got there the right way with a nice win. We're going to look back at it now and see how BYU set up Friday night's showdown by uh, looking at what happened last Saturday night at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Game highlights are presented to you by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. It is BYU and Western Kentucky for the first time in the history of both programs, another one of those first-time teams for BYU. And this game gets off to a spectacular start. And a guy that missed the previous game got back in style, Gunnar Romney. Yeah, great
2: job. And, I mean, this is a good ball, but Gunnar being able to sell out and, and to have the uh, ball
0: skills to see that through, we've seen that do, him do that often. And then uh, Tyler Algier never keeps the legs from pumping, and as he grinds his way to the goal line, it's BYU 7 nothing. less than five minutes into the game. Tough to get a hold of uh, Tyrell Pigram, but Bracken Elbakry did there. And then Zach Wilson, second score of the night.
2: Yeah, it helps when our offense can score and, and, and when our quarterback's really accurate and we have uh, a lot of receivers that can catch the ball.
0: This was a late strip, but a fine play by Isaiah Kofusi.
2: Yeah, we had some struggles with the run defense, but uh, you know we, we know that our guys are violent when they hit and they can, uh, we, we work on stripping the ball often and, and glad that we were able to get a fumble recovery there.
0: Man, Zach Wilson's been good when uh, when near the goal line this year.
2: Uh, yeah, I think he's he's a little underrated when people they don't talk about his legs enough. But he's obviously gotten the end zone plenty and and can run in open space.
0: Speaking of guys who get into the end zone plenty, how about Lopini Katoa? Twenty one touchdowns now for his BYU career.
2: Yeah, great play, and, and I think uh, Zach seeing him leak out there and the the blocking downfield was nice, and so. Uh, we we caught him, caught him sleeping a little bit. Lopini, he 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 can run really well in open space as well.
0: Four possessions, four touchdowns. Why not make it five for five? This is the second shot at the same play you had just run to Isaac Rex. There was a pass breakup on the play before this one. He hauls in.
2: Just a, a tough matchup. He's six six. He's big, great hands, like his dad, and uh, it's pretty easy catch for him.
0: So it was 35-3 at halftime, and this game was all but over. Uh, one mistake offensively, uh, resulting in a turnover in the second half. Only the second pick of the year for BYU, and WKU did cash in.
2: Yeah, a great play, faking the toss and the shovel underneath. And unfortunately, because we just had a good goal
0: line stand on that, on that uh, drive earlier. And staying perfect on the year, Jake Oldroyd, finishing things off for the Cougs. He went at 41-10. to 10. And Tyson Helton's the head coach of Western Kentucky, and that's the second year in a row you've beaten one of the Helton brothers at Lavelle Everett Stadium.
2: Good family, and I mentioned this last week, uh, I, I've known uh, Clay and Tyson and, and their father Kim for a long time now, and really good football family and, and good people all around.
0: Among the numbers we just flashed by there, that penalty number staying low, that's a good thing, and you see Tyrell Pigram's numbers, and uh, you know, we were reminded by Coach Lamb in the coordinator's corner that that's a, that's a Maryland transfer who put up, put up some good film at Maryland as a quarterback.
2: Yeah, he, I mean, he was tough to bring down, and the timing of his throws were, were uh, hard to get to him, but, you know, we obviously know there's some things we can improve defensively. I, I think they, uh, they held on to the ball quite often and had some long drives, and uh, if we want to put more points on the board, we got to get the ball back to our offense as soon as possible, and and uh, I'm glad that they were able to capitalize. I think those the first five drives to end up in touchdowns and mm-hmm. some mistakes from Western Kentucky. But our, our offense, can, if we get them the ball, we, we, can, we can have success.
0: And among those notable notes is Zach Wilson setting a new BYU record. The previous mark of 164 pass attempts without a pick is broken. He got to 184 before that pick on pass number 185. But Zach, still, uh, the numbers are phenomenal up and down the sheet.
2: Yeah, I just want him to be uh, aggressive still. And, and I think... That throw, he was trying to do a back-shoulder throw, and it was a miscommunication between he and the, and the receiver. And it happens, and uh, we try to build another streak. And, and uh, you know, I've just been really pleased with his decision-making. That one was uh, unfortunate because our defense was, you know, had a long drive, got the stop, and then got, had, to, had to get back again. Probably should have taken a timeout and let him get some more rest. But uh, overall, our defense usually you know, responds the right way, and, and we want Zach and the offense to stay aggressive.
0: Well, tonight's Cougar close-up goes uh, early in the game. This past Saturday night, it was the play that showed that Gunner Romney was okay after missing a lot of the Houston game and all the Texas State game due to injury. Gunner was game ready, and he showed it. Kalani on the uh, opening drive of the game, as we'll see again.
2: Yeah, just this is this is what he does all the time. I mean, he's he's a, a big um, target and a deep threat. He can run really well and. and... You know, when Zach's when he has one on one coverage, I think he, he will get the the better of that most most of the time.
0: And the placement was well perfect.
2: Yeah, it's just a, then it's just good to get Gunner back on the field. I think uh, you know it's nice to have all our weapons and and you know, game of football guys get banged up and everything, but. Uh, Gunner's a big play waiting to happen, and, and uh, it's nice to see him on the field.
0: Great to see him back and be able to balance things out with Dax Milton again. Have two real strong go to guys that you can turn to. Well, a Saturday night's game saw Tyler Algier uh, get very close uh, to his third 100 yard rushing game of the season. He ended up five yards shy, but was not shy about joining our own Jerem Jordan inside the film room. Tyler, you have two 100 yard games. Then you
3: have two where you have 93 and then 95 yards.
4: How do we get you an extra carry there to get you over the hump? Hey, honestly, just uh, just looking back at the film and then just uh, just seeing what I can do from that. Because there was a couple runs where I could have easily gotten 100, but it made, made a different read and then just, how was that?
3: Okay, let's talk about your touchdown from two yards out, opening drive, your
4: seventh of the season. Walk me through what happened here. All right, so they loaded the box. The whole line was just doing their thing. They were throwing guys, so they just had to. They just left me an open gap, and then I just needed to beat one guy, and then boom, touchdown. What's it like to get into the end zone seven times? You know, it's it's all right. It's always it's always fun scoring in the end zone. But all the, all my success goes to the linemen, because they, they worked their butt off just to get us there. Okay, later
3: in the first quarter, your longest rush of the game, a 32 yarder. Why get one yard when you could get
4: 32? Right? <laughs> no, exactly. Third and short, plays design, there's no continuing outside. Everyone did a great job blocking, and then I just needed one guy to miss. Try to make that happen and then I ended up getting caught.
3: Do your eyes get big and does your heart quicken when you see a gap like that on the
4: outside? Oh, for sure. I just thought like, dang, it's so open. There's always someone right there. So boom, there's was someone right there, and then they just ended up trailing me. There's always after someone. stop. Oh, exactly.
3: Right before the half, second and nine, you're rushing the ball and your helmet gets ripped off. That looked
4: like it really hurt. What happened on that play? I think he should have went outside of James, but I ended up making the cut, filling him, and then someone just grabbed my helmet, and then that's what kind of made the mark. I think that second hit is what made the scratch, maybe. Honestly, it, it didn't hurt as bad as people thought it did, but it was, it was still kind of a shock. Where, where did you get scratched? Yeah. Uh, I think you see it. You can, you can kind of zoom in, mm. like, right there.
3: Oh, yeah, so that's pretty obvious. You, com- you come out, but then you play in the second half. Was there any question that you were going to be able to come back out?
4: Uh, No. Yeah, no question. Just just wanted to make sure I was good, and then, yeah, went back in.
3: Okay, a matchup of two ranked teams, a short week at Boise State. What do you think of the matchup, which is a really big one, on Friday night?
4: You know, Boise State is consistently good and should be an exciting game. You know, it's a short week, short week, so we just got to learn from our mistakes and then just get our minds right just for... Just the
0: Boise. Well, good luck on the blue, and thanks for joining me in the film room. Appreciate it. So, going into the Boise State game, he's your leading rusher. Last year in the Boise State game, he was your team's leading tackler. <laughs> As a reserve linebacker, he had nine solo stops in that game.
2: Yeah, he had a good game. I remember that. <laughs> and and um, you know, the the first uh, the versatility and the, his ability to play. And if you watched him before that, he was always one of the first guys down on kickoff and. Uh, valuable to our punt team. So he, he has a role that, that um, if we could, we'd play him both ways. But I think right now he's settling in with Lopini at the running back position and just glad that he's able to make plays for us. And he's tough. I mean, he's got a little Harry Potter lightning yeah, bolt thing going on his forehead. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> Let's uh, take a look at how the schedule's shaping up for BYU this season. Of course, we all know the Cougars are off to a 7-0 and start. And we're now into the final column of games, starting with Boise State here on Friday night. Uh, then a break, a bye week on the 14th. An FCS game for the uh, end of November, at least currently the end of November, and then a game against San Diego State back at home in mid-December in this most unusual season. The schedule kind of pieced together, but the Cougars doing all the right things in the left-hand column to this point. And uh, among the right things happening for BYU coaches is getting higher in the rankings each week, and now we see BYU uh, with its highest ranking in 11 years, back in the top 10 in both the AP and the coaches' polls this week. Congrats on that.
2: Yeah, I think it's a lot of fun, you know, and, and getting recognized for that. And I, our 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 goal though, as a team is to play at our best I'm, uh, and and make sure that we can do it for sixty minutes. I'm I'm a little disappointed last week. I think we talked after the game just how frustrated I was on the on the, in the second half. I th- I feel like we can be, play better than that, and I know we have some reserves in the game, but we have to take advantage of every second we have on that clock to develop our players and make sure that we play at our best, regardless of whether you're the starter or not. And so. Uh, that's something that we can improve on and, and going forward, and, and looking forward to the matchup. I, I feel like we have a good, deep team, and and uh, we'll see what happens when we get to Boise.
0: Not that you need any motivation for Boise, but in a way, uh, if there are things that you really wanted to, you know, work on, and everyone felt the same way coming off your last game, that'd be a good thing, I would think.
2: Yeah, and and you know, the goal of being hungry the entire time and trying to get better, we we can't uh, settle on anything, and and so, uh, you know, I think that's the mindset that the players have, that the leaders have, and. And I'm trying to support them. I, I know they want, they want to play better. And, and um, uh, you know, it's been hectic in the second half coaching these guys and, and getting them to respond the right way. But uh, their efforts there, we just it's, it's, uh, it's just simple things that we can fix. And uh, yesterday we had a great practice and saw a lot of improvement from the mistakes that we made in that game. And I'm really looking forward to getting to back to work tomorrow.
0: All right. Segment one of this show is done. And for your day-to-day Cougar Sports play-by-play, watch BYU Sports Nation. With Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan, weekdays at noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Tomorrow, Dax Milne joins the show. When we come back, a preview of those Friday night lights up in Idaho. And later, Deep Blue profiles Iron Ironman, Lineman, Brady Christensen. This is BYU Football with Kalani Sitake.
1: BYU Football with Kalani Sitake is brought to you by... Intermountain Healthcare, always here for you. Zion's Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Smith's, fresh for everyone. And by America First Credit Union,
0: we're here to help. We are back for more BYU football with Kalani Sitake. And here's your game day schedule for Friday night. Cougar pregame live gets things underway at 745 Eastern time on BYU radio. BYU TV's countdown to kickoff starts at 830 Eastern. The game itself is on FS1 and BYU radio at 945 Eastern time, followed by extensive postgame coverage on BYU TV and BYU radio. Friday night at Albertson Stadium, number nine, BYU number 21, Boise State and Coach uh, the Broncos now two and zero. They beat Utah State as we see here on week one, and then turned around and went to Air Force and won that game on the weekend.
2: Yeah, and then, I mean both tough games, and, and uh, you saw them put up a lot of points and uh, play some really sound football. They have a, a, some they have to reload in some positions, and doesn't seem like they're missing a beat at all. And, and that's a huge compliment to to their coaching their, their coaching staff and uh, and Brian Harson himself as a head coach.
0: They used two quarterbacks in the two starts, and you don't know which one you're going to get, Jack Sears or Hank Bachmeyer.
2: Yeah, I know both of them can throw the ball, and, and uh, they can run the offense. You see it in both games. And so uh, we'll have to be ready for whoever shows up under center and, and uh, you know, looking forward to the game. I, I think this is, a, this, this is what a lot of people have been talking about even last week, so it's nice that it's here, and uh, I feel good about our preparation so far. We need a good practice tomorrow and have our guys be focused and then, you know, we'll get out there and have a, have a good game.
0: We see the two teams combining for uh, around 90 points a game right now. They've only played two. You've played seven, of course, but that's typical Boise football. They scored their 49 points at Air Force on only 49 snaps.
2: Yeah, and and, and regardless of who's playing quarterback, they they, they seem to have a machine running there on on offense. Their defense is very similar um, with the schemes, aggressive, and they just keep plugging guys in. I mean, everyone's dealing with injuries and and COVID and all those things. so uh, they're a deep team, and they have their everything set set up. And Coach Harson seems to just keep plugging guys in there. And, and the names change, but the production is still the same, whether it's on offense, defense, or special teams.
0: And Boise getting great production through two games in both the opener with Utah State and the second game at Air Force. Now, the Falcons scored a few more points uh, than the Aggies did, but still a pretty comfortable win. Uh, it says 49-30 there, but it was uh, it was 49 to the 20s until late in the game.
2: Yeah, and I don't think the game was ever in question. I, I believe that when you're going against Air Force and you have a, a three-score lead, I, I think Air, um, you know, looking at Boise, they felt comfortable. We saw a different quarterback come in the game, even for them. So um, I think they were getting ready for you know, just just keep their guys, play some other reserves, and. And get to this game so much like what we did in the second half of ours.
0: From what you've seen can you tell us a bit more about each of the two quarterbacks how one might differ from the other between Bachmeier who began the Utah State game and then Sears who played uh, at Air Force?
2: Oh very similar skill set both of them can run and I think uh, uh, they have great vision and and control the ball down the field but I think the key is also who they have at tight end and who they have at the receivers the running backs can catch out of the backfield receivers are really talented. Uh, Shakir is, is one of the best receivers in the country so Uh, It's a good matchup. I think it's a good challenge for our DBs and for our defense. And, uh, you know, we'll have to play a Simon Sound football and rely on our technique and fundamentals to get us through. But uh, it's definitely a tough task. Air Force won 11 games last year and and played great defense. And and they were were able to put a lot of points off on them.
0: Sears has that uh, Pac-12 pedigree as well, USC transfer. Let's take a look at some of the closer uh, uh, points to to ponder on this matchup. As as many great games as these these teams have played, uh, Kalani, first time ever, that both teams come into the game ranked. You're ninth. They're 21st.
2: Yeah, good matchup. And and uh, the only unfortunate thing is not not having it be a regular season where where you know all the fans could enjoy it. And um, but you know I think there's going to be the competition on the field is going to be fierce and and it's going to be exciting. So I, I think both teams are, are doing some really good things and and very similar in a lot of ways. And so uh, a lot of big plays can be made. And we'll see. Uh, I think it's going to come down to who who's taking care of the football and. And, uh, who can play assignment sound football is going to be the key.
0: You've only lost the turnover battle one time this year. Uh, it showed their and five at Boise state, but we have to note the last time you played a game in that stadium on that field, you won.
2: Yeah, that was a good game, you know? And so, um, <laughs> um and I think we wore the home, the home jerseys that game. So in the potato bowl of 2018. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was, I mean, that was a good, a good win for us. And, and, uh, I think a lot of guys grew up that, that game, you know, and, and, um, We've we've done a lot of growth since that time, a lot of progress as a program, and and uh, looking forward to getting up there. I, I know there's uh, there's been some some uh, tough times up there on the blue turf, and we're looking looking forward to trying to get that thing turned around.
0: Well, like BYU, uh, Boise State looking at uh, a few personnel issues before Friday night. Uh, players that maybe did not play last Saturday, whose participation might be in question for this week. Uh, Bachmeier did not set a lot of bouts, but didn't travel to Air Force. Uh, George Helani, really good running back, played well against you guys last year. He gets hurt early in the Air Force game.
2: Yeah, really good pl- player and uh, great vision. But uh, Van Buren came in and filled in nicely for him, and uh, you know, obviously Sears filled in nicely for Bachmeyer. So uh, they have a lot of guys that can make plays. I don't think um, you know it's unfortunate because uh, I know the Washington kid's a really good player, and uh, hate hate to see guys get hurt and out for the year, but. Uh, Again, they, they have guys that, that they, they go to on their depth, and they and they don't see a lot a lot of drop off in production.
0: It's been a ten game series so far. We're gonna go a little closer into the rivalry. Uh, stands seven to three in Boise's favor. The first two games were 0-3 and 0-4. Uh, those went Boise's way. Then the series picked back up in uh, in 2012, and it seems that to most years uh, it ends up being dramatic in one way or the other. In 2012, uh, Taysom Hill scores a touchdown late to get BYU within one. And then this uh, two-point try is broken up, and Boise hangs on to win that game 7-6. to six. In 2013, BYU getting its revenge. Cody Hoffman breaks the BYU touchdown receiving record on that catch from Taysom Hill. BYU wins in a blowout, 37-20. Next year, BYU losing at Boise 55-30. Back home in 2015, my man Mitch, Mitchell Jurgens with the game-winning touchdown on fourth down from Tanner Mangum. And the Cougars seal the deal with a Kai Nakua Pick six, BYU won that game by a score of 35-24. In 2016, your first year, Kalani, BYU trails 28-27, five seconds remaining, and the Hail Mary falls just short, and Boise wins that one late 2017. BYU losing at home, and then this is Zach Wilson's first road start. In 2018, Gets sacked inside the five as time runs out. Boise hangs on 21-16, taking us to last year, and that's when BYU beat ranked Boise State, Broncos were 14 coming into this one. Kalani, you got them 28-25.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was a great team win. We had a lot of guys um, fill in in different spots, and, and obviously Algier played linebacker for us in that game. So, uh, you know, just came down to the last second. I think we went for uh, a sneak on fourth down, went for fourth down to secure the win, and uh, just glad we were able to get that, that win for our, our, our fans and our team.
0: Now, some folks might know this. Some might have forgotten it. Some may not know the fact that before he was your quarterback, Zach Wilson was once upon a time committed to play for Boise State.
2: He was, yeah. And, and um, you know, we, we were able to entice him to come down to Provo and play for us and and uh, still wearing blue. But I think it, it's uh, it's something that, you know, when we went through the whole recruiting process, it just uh, you never know until, until they sign on the dotted line. So uh, I'm not going to ever give up on recruiting kids, especially ones that fit. Um, what we're trying to get done here at BYU and fit what we're you know our mission statement as a program and as a university and Zach's done a great job representing his family and representing well on the field and off the field
0: and he's already gotten two games on the blue turf one that lost to Boise and then the Potato Bowl win as you see there against Western Michigan all right uh, we're going to throw a few names up on the screen here and and the hope is that some of these guys who either got back in the game last week or maybe had to leave last week's game can play for you uh, on Friday. How would you say you are looking generally at uh, at personnel going into, into the weekend?
2: Yeah, I feel good about our personnel. I, I think, um, you know, uh, we're going to get some guys back on, on the field and, and uh, you know, we're going to go through our testing again this week and, and see how it all lines up. So, but I feel good about our, our health and, and the overall health of the team.
0: All right, that is your Boise State preview, folks. We'll get you to break by telling you that uh, Mondays at 1 Eastern, we talk, we talk uh, BYU football with the coordinators on the Coordinators Corner with Jeff Grimes, Eli Situiaki, and Ed Lamb. It's also on demand on the BYU TV app. After this break, Kalani answering your questions and some election day propositions. Yeah, this is BYU football with Kalani Satake. Welcome back to BYU Football with Kalani Sitake, presented by Intermountain Healthcare, looking at our Cougars in the pros from Week 8 in the NFL. Taysom Hill, five carries and two grabs for 65 total yards and a score. As the Saints win in overtime in Chicago, Jamal Williams, with Aaron Jones out again, gets it done again. More than 100 scrimmage yards for Jamal. They did lose the game to Minnesota, but Jamal playing really well. He did end up playing this, uh, end up being placed this week on the COVID reserve list, so he'll miss Thursday night's game and uh, get uh, get well soon, Jamal. And uh, Daniel Sorensen led the Chiefs in tackles with nine and also a forced fumble in that 35-9 win against the New York Jets. And it, it seems it seems to me we can talk about. Not only a lot of the same guys each week, but the fact that they're putting up numbers every week in the NFL.
2: Yeah, making a lot of plays and, and uh, just good to see those guys doing so well. I mean, you have Kyle Van Noy and Fred Warner and others that are out there making plays, Yonataki Taki. So uh, just glad uh, that uh, our fans have people to follow.
0: On this election night, and it is election night, we know there are many choices, but we believe there's only one that really matters. Take a look.
1: This November, remember, there's only one candidate who soars above the rest. Are you worn out from Power 5 politics? Are you tired of Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State monopolizing a tradition built on fairness for all teams? Then take a stand and vote BYU quarterback Zach Wilson for Heisman. Clemson's Trevor Lawrence spends 10 hours blow-drying his perfect hair, while BYU's Zach Wilson drives 10 hours one way to perfect his quarterback craft. Mac Jones of Alabama was handed a silver spoon of five-star players. BYU's Zach Wilson refines his teammates into gold with his bare hands. And how about Ohio State's Justin Fields? He's been on the sidelines for seven weeks, while Zach Wilson was compiling seven wins in a global pandemic. Take it from a man who won the Heisman. We are watching one of the best college football players in the country. Vote Zach Wilson for Heisman and end the Power Five politics.
3: His name is Zach Wilson, and we're pretty
0: sure he approves of this message. Paid for by Cosmo. So, how's that for a, a campaign commercial?
2: Yeah, a lot of, a lot of effort put into that one. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I'm not sure if Zach would approve of that one, but yeah, that's that. That was creative. Thank you, guys. <laughs>
0: Uh, Cougar Nation uh, firmly in, in Zach's corner and legitimately uh, the people that, you know, uh, observe the game, write about the game, vote on things like the Heisman say he's right in the mix right now.
2: Yeah, he, I mean, he's doing exactly what we thought he could. You know, he's finally feeling great about his, uh, his health and uh, understanding the, the scheme and, and the system. He's been in this offense since he got here as a true freshman. So um, I think the production's working well. But I think when you talk to Zach, you hear about him talking about the team and talking about the group, the O-line, the receivers, the tight ends, the running backs, and how they're able to work together, and then the, the, the support of the defense and special teams. All that stuff, uh, we, we, he wouldn't be in that position, and he'll be the first to admit it if it weren't for the other two phases doing their job and, and everyone having their role, even down to our scout team guys that, that, that have a, a very important role in the success we've seen so far.
0: It's all come together so far, indeed. Well, tonight's Cougar Q&A is presented by Zions Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. And tonight, in the spirit of democracy, we have a number of ballot propositions that we're going to pose to Kalani for his deciding vote. All right, here we go. Proposition one, the official color or the other, the the jersey combination that you prefer most (coughs) is all Navy or all Royal. What do you say on that one? I like them
2: both, but I'm going to lean to the Royal.
0: Okay, the All-Royal on Proposition, yeah. proposition 1, Firm, okay. firmly in Proposition 1. Uh, proposition 2, uh, which team would you rather add to BYU's schedule? Marshall, Cincinnati, or Army? All three. <laughs> Take all three. <laughs> Bring them all on. Uh, proposition 3, the official BYU football anthem. We call it an anthem. Somebody call it the fight song. We call it the anthem. Uh, who should play it, Bob Marley or the Eagles? Well, I
2: think the Eagles will probably get more excitement going. Bob Marty's a little bit chill and and, and laid back.
0: So so a little more raucous vibe perhaps with the Eagles. I'd like on to that see
2: one. both of them do a collaboration. That'd be nice. <laughs> there you go.
0: Uh, and this last one, proposition four. You get to travel back in time and play in one of these games that you did not play in. What would you pick? The Jim McMahon Miracle Bowl, the Holiday Bowl to win the national title? The Cotton Bowl of fourteen and one? Or Beck to Harleen at Utah and you were actually on the sideline. Yeah, of that I was game. on the
2: other side of that one, so <laughs> Uh, I'd probably, I mean, national championship, how can you go against that one? Okay. Holiday Bowl of 1984. Yeah, with Robbie yeah. Bosco limping around. That that, that was a, a really cool game.
0: Okay. Perfect season and everything. Why not? Perfect. Way to go. You did well on the propositions there.
2: Thank you. And then, I mean, I just respect all those teams. I, that's why I mentioned I would love to play them all because I think, those teams are having great seasons, and it would be, it'd be an honor to share the field with them.
0: Figured you might go that way. All right, <laughs> it's, uh, it's now more Q&A time. These are not okay. propositions, but rather questions from social media for you. And we'll start off with at uh, BYU Arnold's on Twitter. And the uh, statement or question says, uh, This team has shown incredible unity with their defense and offense having each other's backs and their message to love one another. What things have players and coaches done to build that unity?
2: I think it just just goes back to what we're trying to establish as a culture of this team and and build around love and and not being a, a, a sh, you know shy about saying it and expressing it to each other and and uh, not expecting people to be perfect they're just learning from each other learning from mistakes but also trying to get better I, I think that's been the key and uh, I would honestly think that you know when I was a player having Lavelle allow some collaboration between uh, coaches and, and players was a huge part of our success. It gives ownership to the to the players, and and uh, whenever you can share autonomy and you can share uh, options for the players, I think they'll take the initiative and they'll run with it. They'll feel like it's theirs. And so, I'm really proud that the, the players feel like this is their program. Obviously, I'm I'm the head coach, but I love being the guide on the side and and uh, giving them all the resources they need to to succeed in life. And it's not just limited to football. There's there's a lot of different things that I think they can be successful in uh, off the field and, and as an as individual, as a person.
0: Okay, perfect answer. Thank you. Uh, second question from Twitter tonight. How much does weather factor into game planning? Can it completely change how you strategize things from an offensive or defensive standpoint?
2: I don't think you think about that. You think about execution and, and being assignment sound and, and leaning on the the fundamentals of the game, right? And, and, and uh, the other team has to deal with the same situation, whether it's the surface uh, the field being slippery or whatever it may be, both teams have to deal with it. And for us, it's, we're just ready for whatever. I mean, it doesn't matter what the weather's going to be like for, there for us. We're, we have a, a, a mindset on going up there and performing at our best, and, and if the weather is going to be difficult, it's going to be difficult for, for Boise as well. And so uh, we're just excited for the game and, and looking forward to it.
0: Dallin Hickson with our next question on Twitter. Is it time for a trophy for the BYU-Boise game? They play it every year.
2: Oh, you know what? I never thought about that. And a lot so of teams do it. It's actually a good question. Um, why not? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who who starts that. So I, I guess the, I, I know that we consider them a rival. I think they feel the same way. And, and uh, it's just a lot of excitement. I, I just love being around that, that game, you know, the Boise game. And so uh, it makes a lot of sense to me.
0: That segues to our next question from Twitter. Uh, coach, what are your pregame emotions like before a big game like Friday's matchup with Boise? Do you feel nervous, excited, calm, pumped up, or a mix of all that?
2: You know, I, as a coach, I probably get uh, more nervous than I did as a player, and and uh, probably because you don't have a lot of say on what happens on the field, and um, there's so, something about hitting somebody else that makes you calm down a little bit and settle into the game, but... As a coach, I just, like, I just get excited and, and uh, the nerves are, it just means we tell the players that whenever you feel those nerves, it just means that you care a lot. And so channeling that to the, to the success of the team and the energy towards the players is what I focus on, is what our coaches do and uh, all coaches do it. And they, I think they do an amazing job preparing their teams.
0: Okay, fans, thanks for the questions for Q&A. Uh, earlier in the segment, we asked you about jersey combinations. Let's also note the fact that uh, you and I wore the same jersey tonight without any coordination ahead of time.
2: Yeah, same size, too.
0: Who does that speak better about? I'm not sure. Well, our, our minds, I
2: mean, great minds think alike, even, <laughs> even when it comes to um, you know, apparel.
0: Yeah, it just turned out that way tonight. All right, uh, fans, join us Wednesday night, uh, tomorrow night, on the BYU TV app for a women's soccer scrimmage as Michaela Coulihan and the Cougs prepare for a unique 2021 spring season. That's tomorrow night, Wednesday, 8 o'clock Eastern Time on the BYU TV app. On the latest BYU SN, right now, Kiki brings you BYU football, sp- uh, the spectacular with full of costumes, Cosmo, and Cougar touchdowns. Check it out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Coming up next, Deep Blue profiling Brady Christensen, and we visit live with running backs coach Harvey Yunga. This is BYU football with Kalani Sitake. Well, he came to BYU with comparatively little fanfare relative to more, say, high-profile recruits. But through two seasons and now part of a third, offensive lineman Brady Christensen has elevated his profile with his performance as one of the nation's best left tackles. Here now more on this standout Cougar Ironman in deep blue presented by America First Credit Union.
3: Brady was a delight. He was, he was born 10 pounds. And then he was very, very, very shy. But then I think he kind of blossomed after he started playing sports because he was really good at it.
5: As a freshman, you go run with the football team in the summer. You do summer conditioning with the high school program. And I remember I was about six foot, 160, and I couldn't move very good. And I, my feet were already grown to size 15, and I was just like running with skis around. And so I wasn't very fast, wasn't very big. And we were up in a trip, me and my a bunch of my buddies, and they all got the call that they made the high school football team as freshmen, and I didn't. I was the only one left out, and so I ended up playing little league again. And yeah, it was. Rough.
1: You know, he's he's just really been an underdog, and he takes that to heart, and 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 it's it's a big motivating thing for him, and I think it's even a motivating thing for him to this
5: day. I've almost kept a mental note of all the things I've been overlooked. Like, the times I'm overlooked it almost just motivates me to go further and to go farther and to work harder. And I honestly contribute a lot of that to my success here at BYU is being that underdog and feeling like I've been overlooked and it just motivates me to go farther. 230 to 240 range in high school, not real heavily recruited because of that but they did a good job here of identifying him as someone who would fill out and, and grow.
6: Didn't Jordan say you took a, a test in one of your classes that said you need to go to yeah. a food therapist because yeah. your eating is so bad? Uh, yeah, you like,
5: do you sleep all right? And I'm like, yes. Are you ever, do you ever think about like ending your life? I'm like, no. And then do you overeat? And I'm like, well, yes, I overeat. I have to overeat. <laughs> And then they say, Do you sometimes eat until you feel like you're gonna throw up? And I'm like, Yes, sometimes I do that. <laughs> and so by the end of it, my all my mental health was all good, it was all checked out. But then it said eating disorder, it said extreme. May wanna go get help with it. At <laughs> and like, so
1: what? <laughs> it's
5: your job.
1: Oh, no. I just have to be.
5: <laughs> I think the biggest thing is just the way that that he's grown physically is also matched with the way that he's grown mentally and emotionally. He's gone from a guy, like I said a minute ago, who somewhat questioned whether he was ready to play and maybe even questioned how good he really could be to the point where now I think he feels like he can line up and play with anybody in the country, and I'd say he's right. We've seen a lot
2: of great things from him as a leader, a lot of great things from him as a person, just, just connecting with his uh, teammates, and that whole offensive line unit is really close because of him. He's a big part of it and and I I think he he has a sense to know when someone is needing attention or even uh, some comforting. I I think he has a great gift of of being able to discern uh, who needs help and and where to address it. So uh, just a extreme pleasure for me to be his head coach.
5: My wife is so supportive in football, it's, it's not easy on the wives. I mean, for all of August you're basically gone from early in the morning to late at night and then during the season you're traveling every weekend and you're staying in hotels and whatever. But she's the most supportive thing ever. And it's amazing, she just loves watching me play football. She comes to every game and she watches film with me even at night, like we're watching film and she watches it with me and she's just like always so supportive and uplifting.
6: Being able to watch him love it so much, it makes like all the long days and him being gone a lot of just so much easier because he always has positive things to say about it. And I always kind of, he'll get home and I'll say, did anything interesting happen today? And he always just like, I swear, he always has something positive to say. Like I never hear anything negative about the team or the coaches, he just really loves it.
5: And so when I am playing, I do it for the love of football, but I do it for her as well. Um, I just love to try to be as successful as possible for her and try my best because of her because i know she's doing the same thing in her aspects of her life just working her
0: tail off so i just try to match that and do it for her so many guys to be impressed about on your offensive line from the from the ones and the twos the starters and reserves are such a strong experienced group but uh, brady seems like a special uh kind of character on that line
2: yeah and just uh, his his uh optimism and positivity it's it's infectious. It, it, uh, he, it radiates to the whole team and even to the coaching staff, and uh, just a lot of appreciation for the way he approaches the game. And and, and everyone's right. When you don't hear about the the, the left tackle, um, it, it's it's uh, it means that he had a good day, you know. And so he's uh, one of the best uh, offensive linemen in the in the country, and he has a lot of he'll have a lot of success in football. But uh, you can see how how he has this approach of trying to get better at everything, and he's a multi-sport athlete, so. Uh, there's not anything that he can't do.
0: You can tell he's good humored, kind nature. Uh, but what is it about? Like when, when the when when the ball is snapped, does does a, does a, a switch flip with him a little bit? Does he have everything you need in aggressiveness from a left tackle?
2: Exactly, and that's what you want from your your players. You know, we, we teach our guys to be uh, violent and physical, but then within within the frame of the game, and he plays whistle whistle really really physical, and and then he represents himself really well on the field afterwards. A great sportsmanship and. And great leadership. So, I mean, he's, he's an amazing young man. I know his family is really proud of him. And, and uh, you know, it's matched with, with marrying a, a wonderful wife. So he's going he's gonna to do a lot of great things in this life. I'm, I'm really excited for him.
0: A lot of other positions on the field come with stats that you can quickly look at to measure how a player's doing. Offensive line is a little more nuanced, right? But there are those who look at the game, break down the film, and, and grade linemen. And Pro Football Focus takes a look at Brady Christensen and says... Yeah, this is this is one of the very best offensive linemen in the country. And yes, he has been added to the Outland Trophy watch list. And we all know how important an award that is for guys that play his position.
2: Yeah, and you know, being added to the the trophy list was nothing that he really cared about. That's He's been doing, if you look at these grades, if you look at from his freshman year to his sophomore year to now, he's been doing this. He's been consistent. And so uh, it, it just goes to show if you do things right, people will notice it. And they'll promote you. And, and, and that's why he's... He's there, and, and that's why he's going to have a, a great future in the NFL.
0: Well, Brady and the O-line, one of the true strengths of this team and one of the other main anchors of this season squad has been, well, the running back room, uh, led by the dynamic duo of Tyler Algier and Lopini Katoa and coached by former record-setting BYU back Harvey Unga. Harvey now in his first season as running back's coach, and Harvey joins us now from the student-athlete building. Let's say good evening to Harvey Unga. Hey, Harvey, good to see you. Good to see you too. How you doing, Greg? Doing, doing very well. And it's nice to know that uh, as my career goes along, Kalani, I can I can cover guys as players, and then they stick around as grad assistants. Then they get to be coaches. And it seems like I've known Harvey a long, long time. I'm sure you feel the same way. But Harvey, uh, first of all, just the excitement of being uh, a full time coach uh, where you went to school.
6: Oh, it's. Um, Words can express how grateful I am for it. Obviously, I mean, Kalani knows. I I uh, I've had this uh this dream and this goal in mind for a long time um and then you know having to progress through the graduate assistant phase and then you know being fortunate to um you know have a position now It's it's been a huge blessing um before everything happened I um I'm not gonna lie I, I started reaching out to you know as many coaches as I could trying to touch base with people even started talking to high school coaches and you know just wanted to stick around coaching and, and, you know, make this a profession. And fortunately things worked out how they did. And, um, Kalani, I think he saw something in me. So he uh, gave me the chance to do what I'm doing now. And I'm just forever grateful for him.
0: Did you have a formal interview for the running backs coach job with Kalani? Yeah, yeah actually. So it's funny you asked that. Um,
6: I, I had to meet with, you know, coach Grimes and then spoke with coach Roderick and, and, um, and then, obviously, with Kalani, and in my head, I'm thinking, you know, Kalani's—it's going to be a breeze. I, will you know, I'll, I'll nail this. And he, by far, was the hardest of the three that I, I had spoke to. And it—it uh, it was a good thing though, because it—it definitely helped me, um, you know, prepare for whatever you know next step is to come in this profession. And, and I'm just—I'm grateful for that. But he definitely caught me off guard. <laughs> what
0: about? Harv made him the right choice for running backs coach.
2: I've known Harv since he's a baby. So uh, seeing him grow up and and get to you know becoming an athlete that he was and playing here Uh, and and then his his um, interview was a four-year process Hmm. since 2016 and I watch him his interaction with people and and players and he's committed to building young men into men and um, I I really like I've I can honor the things that he does because I it's just, it's well in line with what we do here at BYU and and as a coaching staff he it, it fits in perfectly. So uh he he's humble and you know he he's 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 going to get the most out of his, his guys but more than anything he's committed to those young men and you see the the camaraderie that they have with each other and uh Harvey's, Harvey's done an amazing job as a coach and the interview process is just I have to I have to be hard on him you know, because uh, uh, a lot of people uh, have high expectations of him. I do too, and I think Harvey right now is just scratching the surf- surface on what he can do as a coach. He's got a bright future and he got a great mind, and and he uh, brings a lot to the table in that room and, and with Coach Grimes and A Rod and the rest of the group. And so, uh, plus he he's got the stats to back it up. Way way more stats than I do, that's for sure. But uh, it, it would have been I would have loved to play for you know block for a guy like him. But uh, that guy is blocking, and and he's he's basically providing a way for our our running backs right now, and I couldn't be more proud of him.
0: Harvey, I know you want to keep your guys hungry and motivated, but are you okay to brag on your running backs a little bit right now? Can you tell us about your room and and what you've liked most about your backs' performance this season?
6: Oh, yeah. I mean, it, when it comes to talking to those guys, I'll for sure brag about them. I, I love those guys to death. The, um, one, one of the biggest things that I've, I've learned about these guys is there isn't any one of them that would ever make this about them. And I've, I've learned in the past in, in the years um, playing and then, you know, getting into the coaching side of it as a GA, the, some of the greatest players that have played here um, have that same kind of mentality. And, and it's something that obviously, you know, it falls in line with what, what Kalani, you know, he's, he's preaching to the team about being selfless and um, you know, just learning and loving and, and taking care of one another. And in this room, that's one of the things that I've I've really come to appreciate and something that I love because it, it was something that I remember, you know, being here as a player. And then even before then, um, listening to the stories that, you know, Kalani and his teammates have, um, the, the stories of, of just their camaraderie, the love that they had for one another, looking out for one another. Um, and then obviously them going on to have, you know, successful years here. It, that's one of those things that in this group, there's There's not one person that ever makes it about themselves, and that that's the one thing I appreciate more than anything with these guys
0: okay, you've got a one two punch going on right now. If we could have you talk a bit about Tyler Algier and then Lopini Katoa
6: Oh yeah, well I mean the the one of the things that i I came into this room and and as a coach, I was trying to tell like I want these guys to be an all around back I don't want them to be you know one dimensional and just focused on one thing like for our offense to you know be as as effective as it can be we need those guys to be able to pass protect run um you know run block whatever it is catch the ball and both of those guys can do it all I I think you know Tyler's one of those that I think a lot of people were sleeping on him um he's very deceiving you you wouldn't think that he's as fast as he is but um he's got a little extra kick in his step that definitely um you, you can see it uh, from time to time. And it's, it's very deceiving. Um, and then with, with Beanie, he's, uh, I like to think of him as our Swiss army knife. The kid can do everything. He he can, if we need him to go line up as, as a slot receiver, he can run routes. He's got great hands. Um, if obviously he can run the ball, uh, he's, you know, he's got the yards to back it up and, and, um, and then obviously his leadership is, is something, both of those guys, I think, is one of those guys that definitely you know he leads by his, his example but at the same time you can feel his presence and and he's uh he's definitely a vocal leader that the guys look up to um and then tyler he Tyler's a little on the quiet side, but when he talks everyone listens and and those guys you know he's he's earned the respect of his teammates and i you know i'm just i can go on and on about these guys but they they're both studs, both amazing athletes and and I'm just grateful to be their coach.
0: Well, I know that you and the boys are fired up for Friday night. Uh, good luck to you and the running backs uh, on the blue turf. Kalani will we'll let you say goodnight to Harvey and so long for us. Love you, bro. <laughs> Love you, too. I'll see you in the morning. Let's go. <laughs> Soon <laughs> enough. Thank you, Harvey. That's Harvey All Yunga. Right. Fans, you can break down Cougar football with Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, and David Nixon each week on After Further Review, 7 Eastern on the BYU TV app on Tuesday nights. As we go to break, here's this week's trivia question presented by Qualtrics. This Boise area native is one of only five NFL first-round draft picks from the BYU defensive side of the ball. Who is it? We'll tell you next. Welcome back to BYU Football with Kalani Sitake, presented by Intermountain Healthcare. There is our question. And Kalani, you knew the answer on this one, right?
2: Yeah, my teammate, captain, freight train, Rob Morris.
0: Right on. There he is from Nampa, Boise area. All right. Well, Friday, we've got Cougar pregame live for you, getting things going at 7.45 Eastern time on BYU Radio. That's part of our game day schedule featuring countdown to kickoff at 8.30 Eastern, the game on FS1 and BYU Radio, postgame on BYU TV and BYU Radio as well. I think we have time to squeeze into a little feature we call, in case you missed it, with the, the wild and the wacky from the last week of BYU Sports. Let's, uh, let's roll and see what we have.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: Apparently that's the bird here. That's a bird making that noise. This week in Kalani Sitake, (laughs) here it is. Frederick to Sitake, lower the helmet, in for six. (laughs) That that was in this week of 1998.
2: That's when I joined the club of the one touchdown in our career. But I played a lot of games. I I mean, yeah. Look at the color too, the royal. It's beautiful.
0: It is against New Mexico, <laughs> 22 years ago. Uh, Cosmo was uh, freaking people out. They thought it was a Cosmo <laughs> mannequin, and it's, it's, it's no, it's, it's not. It's not just a no. It's a real Cosmo, and he was giving people such a fright.
2: Anyone punch him?
0: At the Way. No. Luckily, nobody swung at him. That would have been uh, would have been awkward. Uh, Big Red and Cosmo. They had the mascot battle in the spring, right? Well, now they got to uh, settle it the way that all mascot should be settled with dancing.
2: I don't think anybody can beat Cosmo in dancing, that's, I mean, he's he's one of those uh, premier dancers.
0: I mean, Big Red gave it a go, but really... It's a lot of fun. You, you can't. Yeah. Uh, and of course, uh, Johnny Linehan, he, was, he, he got very socially involved when this uh, mascot battle happened uh, in the spring. He, uh, he They printed up a, a copy of the tweet that got this whole thing rolling. And uh, Johnny and crew were at the game on Saturday night as well. Always good to have Johnny part of Love the
2: Love that guy. All right.
0: We've got 30 seconds left, Kalani. Final word or two from you on Friday night on the Blue in Boise.
2: Looking forward to practice tomorrow. Um, you know, We're excited about the week and excited about this game. I know our players are fired up about it. And- Uh, We should have more players available, and so let's get this ready to roll.
0: Yeah, after a day off today, voting day, it is back to work tomorrow. All right, we'll talk to you next Tuesday at 8.30 Eastern for Harvey Unga and the coach Kalani Sitake. I'm Greg Grubel, and this has been BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. We'll talk to you next week. Have a great week. Go Cougs!